0: Hello and welcome to this episode of the Sports Unite podcast. We are back here kind of recouping after a month-long exhausting uh, gauntlet that we were put through uh, trying to work and pay attention to sports. It's, you know, just the the struggle that we all face. Um, And we're not just going to talk about one tournament Yes, we are diving into another tournament that happens every single year. Uh, But before we do that, let's welcome some of our guests here tonight. Uh, Welcome back to the podcast, Sean. Hello. Thank you for having me again. Good to be here. And up in the frozen tundra that is the Arctic Circle, uh, Kenzie, miraculously, his internet has not frozen, unlike everything else.
1: Yeah, it's really cold. It's ridiculous. But hey, I choose to live here. We don't have spiders and crazy shit.
0: Well, we go from the frozen tundra to the Middle East where we just finished the winter version of the World Cup. First time it's ever been done in the winter. I think probably the only ever time it'll be done in November, December just felt weird, but gave us something more exciting to watch. Uh, It was very exciting because Canada made it for the first time uh, since 1986. And it was a journey and a half, very emotional. And it ended with the goats getting his trophy. Uh, Gentlemen, what did you think of, The 2022 iteration of the FIFA World Cup. Some of the most
2: exciting soccer I've seen played lately, that final between Argentina and France, that game was, I even have people that aren't soccer fans that could not turn that game off. They were entertained. The game was phenomenal. Um, Messi and Mbappe going back and forth uh, I mean I called it the beginning I had Argentina winning so I like to yeah, I should have put money on that but I didn't um, but yeah it was just a great tournament unfortunately Canada you know three losses um, you know it, I going in I had, there were some ways they could have won but just wasn't in the cards this year. I don't know if the Herdman comments really helped at all. Um, but yeah, no, it was just a great tournament from beginning to end.
1: I'd echo the same thing. Um, that final, I actually watched it twice. <laughs> it was so good. Um, Messi, yep, yeah, finally got it. I'm kind of over the moon for that. Um, I've been a Messi fan for quite some time. Um, yeah, it's, it's nice that he got his Canada, although three losses, they kind of impressed me. I didn't actually have them doing too much. Honestly. Um, I gave them a chance against Morocco, but Oh my God, they surprised everybody. I think, um, final four. Yeah. Just another unbelievable world cup.
0: I think that's the thing. It was a very, it was a tournament that people didn't know what to expect. And it gave us so much out of this. Uh, I think half Canadian fans were just kind of, uh, there was like this tonal shift after the Belgian game where it was like, wow, we can hang with them. Like we should have even won that game or at least tied. And then, you know, we scored the first goal in world cup history for Canada. And then we kind of got walloped the rest of the way by Croatia. And obviously we lost two to one against Morocco. They fared a bit better. There was half the fans that were like, Oh wow. Like this is amazing. Like we scored, like they exceeded their expectation where there's other fans that watched the qualification that were like kind of torn. They were like, like we could have done it. It's, it was a lot of emotional up and down because you felt like they could do more and they didn't, but at the same time, maybe they were putting expectation on that didn't exist or they felt like they could have when really they didn't quite have a chance, maybe in a different group, if they gotten in group a, I think they obviously would have gotten a result against Qatar and who knows what would have happened against uh, Ecuador and uh, you know, a big test against the Netherlands, but, you know the pot gods chose us to go in what turned out to be the group of death instead of Group B, um, but yeah, the final—the thing that everyone's going to remember is that world-class final. I, I personally think it's probably the best final that's ever been in a World Cup. Obviously, I have not watched every single final, <laughs> uh, you know, way back to when it goes into black and white, but uh, I think it exceeds all expectation and you know it two giants like uh both of you said people who don't watch soccer turned in to watch that final and it didn't disappoint pure 120 minutes of just action and it was the messi versus mbappe who play on the same team in their club football so that should be interesting but is uh, does this put the GOAT debate to bed now?
2: I mean, I want to say it does. I never really get into this whole greatest of all. That's just for fans to decide. Um, Is he up there? Absolutely. You know, he has won virtually every trophy imaginable. Now, to win trophies, you usually have to have a team. Um, Right? He yeah, he put Argentina on his back this tournament, and he carried them to the to the win. But they wouldn't have won that game if uh, that goalie did not make that massive save with two minutes left. When he sprawled oh. out, the French striker was in on a breakaway, and he stuck out his leg and robbed him. He doesn't make that save. Messi doesn't get the World Cup, and Bappe's got two before he's 24. Right? So, like, I... and. You know, he's got one on Ronaldo now. Like, Ronaldo's never won the World Cup. He's only got a Euro. Um, I don't know. I, I, I like the. I'm not one to say go. Like, I, I, I like Messi. I prefer Messi to Ronaldo. That's just me personally. I've never been a big Ronaldo fan, mainly because he started with Manchester United, and I do not like Manchester United. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I, I think he's definitely. He's got a good case, if you want to call him the GOAT. His resume is there's not many knocks to him at all.
1: Greatest of all time, like, I I tend to agree with Sean here. I don't like to put guys as, like, single guys as greatest of all time. Um, It's too hard when you go into the different eras of sports and different ages and different, even different rule sets. Um, people talk about basketball, people talk about hockey, who's the greatest of all time. When Wayne Gretzky played scores were like seven, six, we don't have that anymore. So it's really hard to say who is the greatest of all time. Um, Messi definitely has a case. Um, as Sean said, I prefer him over Ronaldo. I do as well. Um, for no particular reason. I think it's just ego. Ronaldo's always kind of had a bigger ego and look at me and look what I can do. What? But he doesn't have the results that Messi does.
0: How um, can you say Ronaldo has the biggest ego <coughs> where someone, you know, did his celebration in honor of him and he got upset? I, I just, I don't see it at all. Just, oh. I think it's, I think it's just personally
1: how i perceive each guy um yeah that one kind of turns me off messy a little bit but that's kind of the only thing in my mind that kind of stood out as an ego move by him usually he's just on the field he does a thing he walks away and yeah i'm good but although just in my perception is more out there in the media talks more look at me look at me kind of thing i don't know it's just perception i'm not a big I will say I'm not a big soccer fan to begin with. So that is just my outward perception.
0: I think, no, you definitely, it's Messi's always let his talking because he was always deemed short and, you know, he wasn't well, I mean, I Ronaldo wasn't uh, well off like some other uh, professional players or had professional parents uh, in the sport, but Messi's always had to prove himself and he did it on the fields and he's always been quiet. And I, like Sean said, the difference between uh, the 2014 Argentina that made to the finals and lost to this year was, yeah, it always, it was always Messi put the team on his back and if Messi can't do it, then it all crumbles. That was the game plan or probably wasn't, but that's what it felt like. But this year, yeah, he had uh, a Di Maria that, uh, you know, came back alive to his younger self. The youth movement in Argentina now uh, that has, you know, will have the torch passed to them uh, and be the center focus of the 2026 team. Like you said, the goaltending that Argentina hasn't really been known for uh, made the massive save. As soon as he made that save, I knew going into penalty kicks, he was going to save because he, he was feeling it. That's what a keeper needs. If a keeper makes a big save, it puts them into super Saiyan mode when it comes to penalty kicks and uh, it just becomes otherworldly. And it almost felt like nothing was going to stop Messi from getting this trophy. And You can kind of see it as well when things when they kept scoring or things came down. uh, You know, adversity. Messi was just there talking. When things were happening poorly for Portugal, you know, Ronaldo maybe had turbulence with his coach. He didn't start. uh, in the didn't he throw a hissy fit
2: or something? But coming on as a sub, yeah, he threw a
0: hissy fit. And as a leader, you you can't do that. No. And even his when his team won the Euros, uh, it was it, it wasn't a Ronaldo show. It was Portugal show. Well, he made um, it a
2: Ronaldo show after they won. He was yeah, on the course, for like yeah, most of it. And the team wins it for him, and he basically was like, "Yeah, look at me, I won the Euro.
0: Look at me." Exactly. I so got, that's I, like Kenzie said. Yeah. It's it's the ego thing. It's Messi's always. Been passionate. You know, he Messi even quit the Argentinian team uh, for a while and then a new culture came in and they convinced him to come back and he helped them qualify uh, for the 2018 World Cup. And he found the passion again and it brought him, you know, he this was the only thing missing on his shelf. And obviously, it's the, the greatest thing you can win as a footballer. I find with soccer, when you talk about the GOAT, it's like the GOAT, they don't even say GOAT of this generation or GOAT of this time, but when you are deemed the GOAT, you just become, you go to this next level and you're mentioned as a great, but it's it's never like, oh, he's the GOAT. It's all these outside people, especially with the tournament coming to north america in 2026 we're all obsessed with the greatest of all time people are saying messi's the greatest of all time now that he won but any true you know soccer football fan will say like oh you know he he is a great with pele with maradona with the original ronaldo with raldinho uh you know i wouldn't i wouldn't put zidane the list goes
2: on and on you know
0: you People with names where you just say, you don't even have to say two names. You just, they get one name and that puts them up there in the clouds as legends. And it's almost, you know, this battle between Messi and Ronaldo, who was the best, just kind of was fun because there were two great players at the same time, which doesn't quite happen. And now with the younger generation, we have Mbappe, who's made two straight finals He's, you know, under twenty five. He scored. He just a, turned twenty four yesterday. Exactly. Yeah, he scored a hat trick in the World Cup final. He brought France back when Gerard was subbed off. Uh, I forget his name. Blue attire uh, and got injured. The goalkeeper wasn't having the great. The French villain, I call him, because he's you know got a very pretty face that <laughs> with the beard makes him look like he's ready to to you know steal your wife or girlfriend or be a James Bond villain. Um, <laughs> just in, he's they're both special players and I think there's gonna be a new generation. And all the teams that didn't even make it out of the round of 16, uh, you have two uh, African nations. Australia is on the rebound Canada uh, has a youth movement Uh, even the United States they're very optimistic with their young squad Uh, going up against now the kind of older generation the golden generations of some of these countries you know Modric is done at the World Cup Ronaldo's done at the World Cup Messi is probably done he didn't he said he's not done with the national team but they don't really expect him to be around for 2026. Um, the Belgians, how many of those players? They say that's a wasted oh, golden I, I, generation. I called it
2: in the our preview show. I said Belgium is an old team. This like I gave them I said they were probably going to get out of the group. They didn't. But I was not shocked by that. Like they are an older team. They're rank, they've they've already fallen in the rankings since they've been released. They've been on the downward for the last little while because they're an older team. They they don't have the young guys
1: coming in that are that are the same level as the old guys. Well, they even called it themselves. One of their players even <laughs> said, "We're not winning the World Cup. We're too old." Yeah,
2: I believe it was De Bruyne. De Bruyne, yep. I, yeah. he even he, he,
1: knew. and I straight out said it. We're too old. We're <laughs> I not feel there. bad because he's a out great out player. player. We're not winning.
0: <laughs> He's been so good for Belgium and just, he, he saw it. He saw the writing on the wall. He knew that Canada match was a tough match. And they, he even said they probably shouldn't have won that one. And, you know, no, sometimes have. you have to steal games at the world cup and you got to get lucky, you know, Canada might've been in a different situation if they even tied Belgium or won that one, like their, their efforts said, and then, okay, lost to Croatia and that Morocco game, would have had a different mentality, but, you know, De Bruyne knew that they probably shouldn't have won that. And then look what happens. Morocco comes out of nowhere, becomes the first African nation to make it to a semifinal. They were, they were so happy to be there. They were in it in the, the, the third place game, but that Moroccan team is surprised the hell out of people they say that they're making a push to host the 2030 World Cup Morocco. This is a good push for that. Their players are young. I they, think
2: they, they will get it too. Because they were the, I believe, if not mistaken, 2026 was between North America and Morocco. But because it was the unified with the U.S., like the U.S. has. If the U.S. wants something, all of a they're going to get it. Um, so, right, so I think Morocco, by they, they the the way they played at this turn, I think they deserve it just for oh, that exactly. alone.
0: I, I haven't heard any other bids for 2030, and mm-hmm. I think they pushed it for a little bit uh, before deciding, because, you know, FIFA's gonna FIFA is going to FIFA, but yeah. Uh, yeah. I-, I would be shocked, though, if uh, Morocco has to team up
2: with like a Spain or a Portugal to make it kind of a cross because they're
0: geographically close, but I don't know if Morocco
2: has enough infrastructure to host 48 or, yeah, 48 teams, I believe now.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, I I heard before as well that Spain and Portugal might be putting in a bid together mm. and they, um, they were going to try and do the, uh, not the next Euro, because that's in Germany, but the one after as, like, a test. Okay. Um, but... You know, things change so quickly, you know, too much money passes hands. People can't talk, you know, the normal corruption stuff. But So currently, I just
1: pulled it up, confirmed to put in a bid for 2030 is Morocco, Uruguay, Argentina, Paraguay, Chile together.
0: Ooh. Oh, yeah,
2: because like the centennial
1: uh,
2: yeah. 100th anniversary of the first World Cup.
1: Yeah, I do uh, remember that one actually. Yes, and then that, Spain, Portugal, and Ukraine mm-hmm. are the current confirmed. There's a mm-hmm. whole bunch of others that have expressed interest, but
0: not. No, confirmed. I the everyone loves those anniversary stuff. Like the 100th anniversary of the Olympics went to Greece, so the you're going to have to make a hell of a case. If, I agree. if yeah. even <laughs> if that bid is just meh or yeah good enough like you put in a 65 you know solid c plus b minus that just 100th anniversary going back to the where it all began that's that's hard to pass up because that's going to sell
2: i uh, also just want to jump i just got an update ovechkin has just tied gordy Howe with the 801 career goals
1: yes he did sorry it's jumping off topic
0: there but fault that was
1: newsworthy
0: no that, yes, that's kind of a perfect uh, perfect tie-in um any final remarks of the 2022 world cup Excellent. uh this is probably going down as on on fields as one of the better world cups but of course it has that cloud hanging over it of how it came to be and all the controversies surrounding it which is, I think, going to cloud people's judgments, I think, in the future, as long as that discussion continues. Because, of course, after that final, no one's talking about the issues that were they were at the start of the tournament.
2: Yeah, no. yeah all those issues aside, like just from the actual product that was on the field through all, I think it's like 64 games, I think, they played. There was maybe a couple duds, You know there was the seven nothing blowout of Spain over I believe Costa Rica, Uh, the six something win for England over Iran. Like there was a few games that were not as entertaining, but for vast majority of the games, like they were all entertaining. Um, There wasn't many boring games. They were all I would say must watch. Like the final was must watch there wasn't a lot of those caliber of games, but there was a handful like there was, this was probably one of the better overall tournaments from the product on the field without like all the stuff in the background with Qatar getting it and all the other criticisms with that from a product on the field standpoint, this tournament was one of the best that I've watched of any tournament, like whether that be soccer, hockey, football, like any kind of thing, this was, one of the best tournaments I've seen.
1: One last thing I would say is I'm excited to see Canada in 2026. 20, um, they're a young team, so they're just going to grow from here. And yeah, 2026 is going to be interesting and hopefully exciting as well.
0: Yeah. Like, like you said, Sean, on the field, it second to none, probably all around the best play, close matchups, goals that we've seen in a long, long time. 2026 can't come fast enough. You know, try our darndest to get to as many games as possible. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, Canada is in a good position, even though they fell 12 spots. They're said to be going to be invited to the Copa America Uh, In 2024, they have the Gold Cup coming up in 2023. Uh, If they can win the Gold Cup, it's going to go a long way, which they're uh, favored. Uh, So uh, now, and as well, now that they're better, they're going to get better competition in those friendlies, which was always the problem for Canada. So better competition. More of our players have gone over to Europe after good showings at the World Cup. That's only going to increase uh, going forward. The other tournament that happens every single time this, uh, at this point of the year, except for last year, is the World Juniors. Yes, we've only having to wait eight days between the World Cup Final and the World Juniors starting this year, happening down in Halifax and Moncton. Uh, it's only technically been four months since uh, the world juniors ended in August, which we were there for at the gold medal game Um, highlights. I want to say of my sports life career, Uh, going to a gold medal game, seeing Canada win it in person. Uh, It was just exciting to be there, even though it was in August, it felt a little weird, but once the game started, you kind of forgot what year it was, what time it was. And uh, that overtime winner just blew the roof off of that place. And it was very, very exciting. So if you ever get the chance, highly recommend going to just international hockey in general. And uh, yeah, so we are back to the World Juniors this year. Uh, The final pre-tournament games are happening right this second. Uh, Canada looks for, I think it's 20th gold medal. If they were to win it that this would be year. Um, what are the chances uh, Canada repeats uh, as gold medalists? Uh, a few returning players this year. Um, they've lost a few because oh, was, they took it as a precursor to the NHL training camps. Uh, so do we think Canada has a good chance of repeating or do we, uh, have a new champion this year? Um, I mean, Canada always has a chance to win this tournament. Yes. That um, was a very silly question. for the world <laughs> Uh, yes. clearly... um, we,
2: we, we are always one of the three, I think that have a chance to win it any, any year, uh, this year though they they do look good. Um I'm not 100% sure how I feel about the overall as in the past years. Um obviously we have Bedard. He's going to be the number 1 overall pick this year. Um he's might lead the tournament in scoring. I wouldn't be shocked if he does.
0: I will say there's if another you're, uh, if you're in Canada, sorry to interrupt but If you have a chance to see Bedard live, whether it's with Team Canada uh, in in his uh, juniors, uh, on his junior team, this kid is just, looks like he is on wheels and everyone else has feet. Uh, He is so fast, so skilled with the puck. I got to see him uh, play for his junior team. uh, And then seeing him for Team Canada, it is just he is something special. And when you see those special players, uh, even on TV, you can see someone. And if you recognize that they're special, they, it, it is very apparent. That pass that he made in the pre-tournament game the other day.
1: Ooh. Yeah. He, he's just, uh, And then Shane Wright just had to tap it in. Oh yeah. It's almost hard
2: to describe like Bedard. Like he's, He's not quite the McDavid, but they're in that same kind of like, it's hard to explain how they play. Like it's just on another level compared to everybody else.
0: The only, the best way to describe it is to just be like, he's like X person, even though they might not match up quite or size or style of play, (laughs) but they're just so special and good. You're like, well, the last special person was McDavid. And before that it was, Crosby, it was a vet. Like, just that's the best way to describe them because just words aren't enough. He's an alien. Yeah. He's
1: an alien on
0: skates. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, I
2: just go back. I know we got three guys back from the NHL uh, for this team Uh, Shane Wright, Dylan Gunther, and Brant Clark. Um, They're obviously going to help. Not many teams are going to get three players from the NHL to come play in this tournament. Um, yeah, I just like I, I we have a lot of talent. I just I our goaltending, which is usually the question mark with Canadian teams. I'm not 100 percent sold on our goalies. Um, I believe Goudreau probably going to be the one who will start Boxing Day. He'd be the one because he's had prior uh, experience with Hockey Canada at the U18s. Uh he plays in Sarnia. I'm a London Knights fan, so I see him regularly. I've never like he's good, but I've never been sold on him as a go-to starter. So the goaltending, I have a little question mark on defensively. We are solid. Uh you know, Brand. I already mentioned Brandt Clark is from the NHL, but we have returning player uh Olin Zellweger. Uh, Kevin Korczynski and what's the other guy, his defense partner in Seattle. They're both there. I don't know if they're going to be playing oh, together, but thank you. Um, I mean, it would make sense to pair them together. They're playing with Seattle together. And they're unbelievable uh, together. Exactly, right? So it, it's one of those things that makes sense to put them together. Um, we'll see how the all the lines and pairings line up for opening day. But we're going to score goals. That's one thing that Canada is going to do. Uh, And we have a relatively easy group with Austria, Germany,
0: Czechia, and I believe it's Sweden is the other team. Yeah. So group A has Canada, Sweden, Czechia, Germany, and Austria. And group B has the U.S., Finland, Switzerland, Slovakia, and Latvia.
2: Yeah, so I think you know, Bedard, yeah, uh, <laughs> Bedard and uh, right, and uh, even the other young draft eligible, uh, Adam Fantilli, they're gonna light up Austria and Germany, um, probably Czechia as well. I think both will both Canada and Sweden are gonna be three and zero going into the New Year's Eve matchup, they'll play for first place. Um, Sweden has released their roster. There's a few names I do recognize on the roster. Um, yeah, that's Sweden's the,
0: usually a tough team. That's the thing. I got to watch um, the gold, uh, the bronze medal game uh, last year where Sweden won, but just they, it, it wasn't. It didn't feel like the normal, and that could be because it was in the middle of summer. And things were a little bit out of whack, but it just, they had a hard time. They almost didn't pull off the bronze medal. It just didn't feel like a Mm -hmm. normal world junior Sweden team. Uh, The fans were very polite that traveled. They had a whole section uh, for a very empty Rogers center for a mid afternoon bronze medal game, but they were very polite and it was cool to see those scandinavian
2: fans are great i was in the buffalo tournament like four or five years ago i was sitting with finnish fans and those scandinavian fans they know how to party they're they're fun to be around
0: they they were they were offering people beverages because they were just like oh i went till my card card was declined here you go like (laughs) world-class fans for sure uh Mm -hmm. but yeah the just the team didn't feel up to the normal, you know, the threat that we, you know, we feel when we play them in the World Juniors. But I I want to chalk that up to being in the middle of the summer and uh, things are a little bit out of whack. I feel like this happens with Sweden every time, though.
1: They get in, they do well, and then they lose a big game. And then they just get down on themselves. That's what I feel actually happens with them. Year after year, for I don't know how long it was, maybe 10 years, um, they didn't lose a game in the round robin. I think it was like 12 29. or 13 years. They yeah, went with, no. they 40, I forgot about that. Yeah. Like 48 make, or something
2: like that? Yeah, it was ridiculous.
1: But then they make the medal round, lose a game, get to a bronze medal game, and get their asses kicked. I think they just get down on themselves when they lose. They, they really, really take it to heart do you that- think
0: do you think that's allowed think a team like finland to kind of come from behind their shadow and it's kind of feels like finland is the team to beat from scandinavia and i, I guess europe for that matter um, absolutely i guess they were they were a force they they were down to nothing in the gold medal game <laughs> last year and they just Put it together. They held tight and came back and forced the overtime. And if for a second there, if uh, you know Shane or um, McTavish's save on the line, uh, I was was in that. that I was in that corner (laughs) there. You just heard a big gasp, like "Oh no!" Like how did we lose this? To just jubilation, but that second, like after the gas, all the air just almost was sucked out of the arena, and it was just like like what did we just watch um but like there was there was a time where they were humming and it was like oh wow like somewhat it you know not on the highest quality but like you know we've been caught up to this year and you know programs have really watched Canada thrive and now you know it's not the leaps and bounds that it used to be anymore it's there, there's competition, and it's not a guarantee that we'll be in the gold medal game every year, like it used to be.
2: Not a guarantee, but we're usually going to be one of the one of a couple. Like,
0: yeah, oh, for sure, there,
2: it'd be Canada, Russia, and then honestly, Finland. Right? They've whatever Finland's got going for them, other nations got to start emulating because the last decade or so. I mean, going back long, they were always competitive. But the last decade, they have been one of the best internationally at the junior and senior level. Like, they just play as a team. Their goaltending is always phenomenal. And they wear, wear you down. They play almost Canadian-like, but they're European. The Finns, they are – they're always one to watch – Um but yeah, going back to the Canada and Sweden, like that game will determine who wins the group. I dem- I will say. But for Sweden, there's two players I'm gonna keep an eye on, and that's um, Isaac Rosane and Noah Ostlin. Both are Buffalo Saber prospects, and both are are highly skilled guys. They will probably be at the top of the scoring
0: for the overall tournament. I think there's going to be a a lot of, there's going to be high competition for top score, top goals. Um, And it's not just going to be from, you know, team Canada where, you know, you win nine to one against uh, Austria or something. I think you're going to see five or six players from five or six different countries keep every night. It's going to change who's at the top. Um uh for for that you know tournament goal scorer lead. I think it's a lot of players here are gonna want to prove themselves. Uh with all the wishy-washy that's happened the past few years, they know that the the stock that this tournament has on scouts and draft order. Mm-hmm. And I think you kind of said it uh with the goaltending. Uh when it's a year like, I want to say at least 50% of the time where we're kind of like, "Eh, goaltending. It's always the big question mark that for Canada. Anyways, that's always when a new name becomes a household name. It's like, Hey, like a Justin Pogie, you know, the goaltenders were like, you're going to be something in the NHL. doesn't always work out, but they all of a sudden become, Hey, I know that name. And then when they get drafted, you're like, oh, yeah. I totally know why he was drafted because he did X, Y, and Z in the world juniors. So I think that this is one of those years where we're either going to have a new name and be like, hey, we got to watch out for this goaltender. He could be something or that's going to be our issue and that's going to be the reason why we don't win the gold is goaltending just wasn't solid enough. And yeah, so
2: like I, I always the we have um, I you remember the tournament in Vancouver when we lost to Finland in the quarterfinal? Yep, That kind of fluky goal that went right through um, DiPietro. No fault to DiPietro. Like he was a a solid goalie but i feel like these goalies if that happens to them there's gonna be more that get let in they're not gonna be they don't it's have that, the that's psyche ability. problem
0: yeah yeah and yeah i, I play keeper in soccer I, I i you know maybe in the future i'll play goalie but equipment's very expensive but uh totally yeah that psyche you can be on a hot streak <laughs> And we've seen it so many times, uh, how many goalies, you know, continue a shutout streak and they get close and you're just like, how did that guy, you know, just set the the record for this team for no shit, you know, 300 minutes of a shutout. Like it's such a, you got to ride the wave when you can look at the Hamburglar who just retired, uh, you know, just, just the, the wave of that one. And unfortunately was never able to rekindle that, but it, it's such a, one of those, you gotta be mental tough for that position, especially in a country playing for a country like Canada where you're one wrong thing and you're just potentially going to become enemy number one for people who should not have you as your enemy because you know, okay. these are kids. <laughs>
2: Yeah, like I remember, I believe it was that same tournament in Vancouver. The captain, um, uh, Maxime Comtois, he did something, and it was vilified by Canadians for I forget what it was. But it's like, guys, he's a 19-year-old kid. Like he's representing Canada. The the
0: the the second the second Boxing Day hits and that puck drops, everyone forgets that these are kids who are under 20 and are most of them have yet to be drafted or are drafted but have not started their professional careers in hockey and well there was
1: another kid too the european one he was swedish or finnish one of the two he tossed his silver medal oh, every,
0: the, the swedish he yeah. was
1: he was
2: swedish it was yeah. uh, Elias Anderson yes for sweden
1: cuz I, I was at and that game tonight. <laughs> how <laughs> losing their mind it's like mm. dude's like 18. Chill. Yeah. <laughs> sure it's disrespectful to toss it and you shouldn't do that, but he's mm. a kid. <laughs> exactly. Kids, kids do stupid shit. <laughs> he it, did it, something stupid on camera. That's the difference.
0: It's uh it's always a stressful time, but it's something that we all look forward to at this time, especially right after Christmas especially as kids where you got that it's after Christmas. What do we do? We got hockey to watch. So uh, also want to shout out uh, Olin Zellweger. He's uh, a cousin of mine somehow. I think second cousin. Uh, Get out of here. Yeah. So when he uh, won the gold medal last year, uh, my dad was texting me. He's like, Oh, your cousin's playing. And I'm like, okay. And, He's like, oh, he's playing in the game. And I'm like, I have a cousin that's Uh, so, yeah, somewhere on my mom's side. um, I know I have uh, an aunt or I guess a cousin, I call her aunt, you know, that live out here. Uh, And yeah, so uh, shout out to him. Good luck again. I can't say we've ever met considering there's a, a good 10 plus year gap between us, but Uh, you know, got to, got to represent the family, even though we've never met. So you
1: got to get on that. You got to meet them. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: I'll try, I'll try and get an exclusive, uh, interview for the podcast with him. I'll try and get him on pretty busy the next two weeks, but maybe afterwards. Um, now a fun thing that I always like to keep an eye on, uh, weirdly, especially with hockey is the relegation. Um, because not too much relegation happens here in North America versus you know soccer in uh, Europe and other European leagues. I like to see where other countries are at in the other divisions. So obviously the top division is the one with Canada, US, Finland, Sweden. Um, and then there's division one, which is weird that division one is not the top one. but so division one they always have, Uh, you know the tournaments before so this year Norway has won it and will be promoted uh, to the top division so they will be uh, placed in uh, the big tournament next year 2024's tournament and uh, whoever is relegated from this probably a team like I'm going to go out and say Austria I like Latvia. I love their fans, their passion. Uh, so a team always gets brought down and a new team always gets brought up. Um, other teams that were very very close, uh, Norway, Kazakhstan, who has made the tournament before uh, France is in the, the division one, uh, which hasn't been said in a while. Hungary as well. Uh, Denmark and Slovenia was relegated to group B, but the team to watch out for. Uh, unfortunately, Ukraine did not make it up, but
1: by Japan. one point,
0: Japan has made it back up to Division One. Woo-hoo. I love these non-traditional hockey teams really making a push. And when you see it at the at the junior level, that's only going to get bigger for the, the men's competition, if you will. Um, and, you know, going forward for those Olympic Games, uh, you're not going to have a, a blowout uh, when it comes to, you know, if Japan ever hosts the Olympics again, which they might in 2030, this might be good for Japan when they, you know, unlike 1998, where that was a that was a bad time to play NHL players yeah. when you've never had a team <laughs> play on a high level international stage. But uh, do you guys like the relegation aspect of it?
1: I love it, <sighs> um, especially seeing some of those like you, like you'd said the non traditional hockey teams like, like Japan doing well and making it into the entire groups. It's it's good to see for just the overall game of hockey globally. So yeah, I I, I like it. It gives it, it gives teams like that something to play for instead of just being in a lower division all the time and playing the same you know four teams
2: yeah yeah, I, I like it as well i just always feel bad for the promoted teams like norway gets promoted this year for next year's tournament and these tournaments are predominantly 19 year olds so yeah. norway got promoted with a 19 year old team next year all those guys they've now aged out of the tournament
0: I so think it's a whole new team that's the one and, issue uh with some of the teams is you get really excited for i've been excited for for team Kazakhstan, I think was the last one where they they won it in dramatic fashion. It was like, oh, good for like, so cool, and like you said, yeah, all those players are now aged out that helped them get there. And then it's you get there, poor sixteen year old, they're like, I just I just made the team, please don't hurt me. Like,
2: yeah, so like Norway, they won it, they won all five of their games, They're going to get promoted. Uh, I think they'll be with the team who wins this tournament i think they're in the same group as them Just i, I how think they you're correct yeah the,
0: yeah it's because the, because the there stuff. hasn't been relegation in a few years i i don't it's hard to remember but yeah
2: yeah um but yeah one two three
0: four six, I, I think you're yeah no it's actually the, the, the runner-up i believe either
2: way either way there's still going to be a really good team that's got a lot more depth than a country that norway So odds are they're going to get blown out in a few games in next year's tournament. That's my only thing with it, but they're at least there. And if they can squeak in when they go to the relegation round next year's tournament and they can squeak by that, then they can start developing players to stay in the tournament. So it's one of those things. I do like it. I just always feel bad for the team that's coming up.
0: All you have to do is finish ninth. You don't just don't finish 10th. uh, (laughs) Germany was that for a a few years they would get in and then get sent back down get in and then they were able to find consistency where they finished ninth and then they got to stay and then it was oh they finished you know eighth and had a surprising round robin win against a big nation and oh look at that they qualified for the quarterfinals like it like you just have to find now a way they're producing nhl talent and, in and now they're like, producing they got NHL.
2: Stutzla, turk Reichel. there's a few other young germans i'm missing here but they've they've yeah. produced quite a few yeah. players and, though the and last they're showing the years you know
0: they they beat canada in the olympics we all yeah, quickly put that, that in our minds
1: yeah
0: <laughs> <It> didn't count <laughs> I, I swear it, it didn't happen <laughs>
2: it's all right asterisks but it's a win's a win though right it it win is a win press
0: that memory again no um so yeah what are your expectations what do who what are the expectations how do we think this tournament is going to shape up it's the first normal tournament uh since you know late 2019 2020 um what do we think uh, the final is going to be? Who do we think is going to be the semi-finalists? Uh, what is the shakedown going to be?
2: Um, putting us on the spot here, are you, Justin? Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I, like I said earlier, I think Canada Sweden are going to be duking it out for the winner of Group A. Um, I think it's going to be Canada-Finland again in the gold medal game. And then most likely Sweden and uh, the U.S. in the bronze medal. Um, I, I, like, I know you said it's a regular tournament, but I still don't feel it's quite regular because Russia's not here. I know what's going on over there uh, is why Russia's not in this tournament. I personally don't agree with it, but I don't have any say in that. Like, I'm just a person who's going to watch these games on TV. Uh, So, I mean, yeah, this is an asterisk there for me, because Russia is – they're a fun team to watch, right? They're always competitive. they got a lot of good young talent every year. Um, But so it's really, in my opinion, it's a four-team race with Canada, Sweden, uh, USA Finland uh the Swiss will surprise somebody they usually do over in Group B they uh, Slovakia Slovakia could they've got they got some good young talent as well I bo- did. Slavkovsky get released from Montreal I haven't no. no okay I haven't really followed much but I wasn't sure if he did or not
1: they were hoping um, but no yeah
2: um but yeah like the Slovaks they got a, some young talent they could they, they could surprise. Uh, I don't see them beating a Sweden or a Canada in the quarterfinal, but, I mean, hey, anything is possible in a short tournament. The Czechs, they – at the junior level, the Czechs aren't really good most years. Like, they have good players, but they never really perform well at the junior level. The
0: senior level is a different story it kind of seems like if their senior level is doing well, their junior level is a little struggling. If their junior level is doing really well, like the, was it four or five years ago where they're on a, you know, they really took leaps and bounds. Their senior men's team was kind of like, yeah. So it's, it's a real one does good. One, it's kind of struggles.
1: It's like a generational wave almost. It's like they get a bunch of really really talented (laughs) players and then that just that success just follows. And then your next wave generally is not good. They haven't produced consistent talent. Exactly.
2: Yeah. They're, they're, and it's really bizarre because, like, the Czechs are considered one of the better hockey nations. And they just, like, Slovakia
1: is catching them, in my opinion. They are. Absolutely. Yep. Like, like, right? Like, they, they're producing uh, consistent talent at this point, in my opinion. Yeah.
2: So yeah, and the oh, relegation, oh.
1: yeah, relegation. I believe
2: will be between Latvia and Austria. It'll probably go the three games. I think they'll both win one there, and then that third game will actually be must-watch TV. Not gonna lie. No,
0: so, what now? Eventually, Russia is going to come back. Do you think? Do we think that it's going to be twenty twenty four? Do we? How do you think they place them back in? Will there be an 11-team tournament for relegate? Like, Because they have to plan it ahead of time because obviously they, they're they going to have to relegate two teams potentially to get Russia back in plus the Division One winner.
1: And the same thing will happen in a lower division because Belarus is also... Uh, Mm -hmm. so they have to put them back in in a lower division or top division if that's where they were before so it'll be a lot of movement it's going to be it'll be
2: interesting I have actually thought about this and I don't necessarily think it's fair to either one but I think what they might end up doing is sticking them in division three at the very bottom and just making them work their way up every single year is that fair to Russia and Belarus? No. But it, at least it's fair to the other teams that, yeah, I know Latvia got added to this turn, or was it the summer tournament because Russia did what they did politically, right? And invaded Ukraine. I mean, does Latvia deserve to automatically be relegated just because you want Russia back in? No. But do you now deserve to have? Another team come up from division, uh, was it division one? I mean, you could do that, then they're just probably gonna get slaughtered as well, which really isn't fair to them in that sense.
0: Yeah, so or I have do thought, not like, have a, a team promoted that year exactly. Make, yeah, because let's right? be real. So, that's was Starting
2: Starting at the, the very bottom, division
0: three. Uh, we have Australia, Bosnia. Oh, we're gonna Bulgaria, destroy all of them.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Kyrgyzstan, New yeah. Zealand. I. They don't even have to show up and they win. Yeah. No, I, I agree.
2: I. It's not fair to those, but it's, at least it's saying, uh, hey, no, you know what? You're I, I, I kind of agree. You're making them work for it. I maybe. It yeah. Depends. Maybe not
0: going down to Division Three. <laughs> but
1: well, I think, I think it depends what happens with their political action. Well, of course, yes. If, if they add course, back course. in and the war is still going on in the Ukraine, I say you punish them by putting them in division three and saying, work for it. You you want to keep doing this political action, you're going to work for it.
0: Because unfortunately, things like this go out of people's minds. And, you know, uh, in, uh, you know, next year, you're going to have the, the qualifiers for the 2024 euros in soccer, um Mm -hmm. all that stuff 2024 summer olympics um just you know these another you know cycle of international sporting events in all classes like figure skating and all this stuff um you know what what's going to happen with them you know the figure skaters not skating under a flag Mm -hmm. So it's some athletes can participate, just not as Russia, where others, they're in team aspects, they're just disqualified, you know, continuously. And Mm -hmm. so I, I, as we go forward and this conflict uh, or war, you know, evolves and continues uh, outside stuff that they put pressure on clearly hasn't changed anything. So we're, It's those international topics that just no one knows how to deal with and just gets caught up. Unfortunately, sports is a good arena for political affair, as we've seen in history, as a historian. um, Just there's no going around it, unfortunately.
2: Yeah.
0: But I agree. I think it's Canada, Finland uh, in the gold medal game again. I think these two teams just are destined to meet again. Pretty similar teams as four months ago. So why would that change? Unless we have a a surprise from a Latvia, a Germany. Um, You know what? I I think the Swiss are going to struggle this year. I think Slovakia might leapfrog swiss as the surprise team this year and um you know if they keep it close in a quarter final depending on who they play you you never know you get that every now and then that surprise team in the semi-final where you're just like oh go play for a bronze good job like you did it
1: one team and i was just looking at the roster that I think they're going to be quietly better, and I don't think we've really given them enough credit. Is the US? They've got, but I feel like
0: sneaky good. But last year they were supposed to be good, and they yeah, and they like, like that was the thing. Were they not good, or were they overhyped, or did they just collapse? Like everyone, they everyone just blamed that they collapsed because they were good not wanting to say that they weren't good or they were overvalued, mm-hmm. if you will. So Which, like, like I, I wasn't sure how to take them because they were supposed to be good last year and they fizzled out early. Also with the US, similar
2: to Canada's, their goaltending isn't as... like that's The US true. usually has better goaltending than Canada oh, at international tournaments. True. But all three of their goalies, I don't think are drafted. I think they're all draft eligible. So they're all young. I think they're 17, 18. Right. And again, what is that like the, the psyche, the, the the mental
0: aspect of it? Yeah, usually world junior goalies, if you've been drafted, you you very rarely do you go into the NHL right away. You gotta develop goalies, develop later. Those of you from our other non-Canadian country listeners that don't quite understand the how hockey works you can be a 19 year old phenom but if you're a 24 year old phenom goalie that's pretty young for a goalie so that's usually how that works so when sean says that they're young and haven't been drafted they're they're really inexperienced on that high level stage yeah so i mean that might be similar to canada
2: right like the goaltending question like they have talent up front like logan you're going to score they're gonna score goals, right? Cooley uh they have the guy with a great name, uh Red Savage. Oh, He's yeah. back, right? Um, and they got the third Hughes brother, like he yeah. on the on the back end, like they're gonna score goals, but similar to Candace, how does the goaltending stand up in the quarterfinal? And the semifinal because they're both yep. going to get through the, the the group like oh absolutely U S are gonna they might lose to Finland well, actually sorry they probably will lose to Finland I'll correct myself there yes. Finland's probably gonna four 0 the U S it's,
0: US... it's those two last New Year's Eve games yes America Finland and Canada Sweden yeah absolutely those decide but I mean depending on the goaltending though like. You said, like
2: Slovakia, like I was at the Buffalo tournament. Slovakia beat the Americans in the group stage. That place was amazing. I loved it. It was great. Um, so was going to say the underdog win, but could that happen again? Could Slovakia beat the US and could Slovakia jump into the number two spot in the group and the US fall to three and then have to play a Canada or a Sweden in the quarterfinal? It, it, it's possible. It is. Right, it's it's completely possible.
1: I do agree with what you both said in terms of gold and bronze medal games, so though Finland and Canada for sure. Yeah.
2: All right. 12. Do we all agree that Canada gets number 20 this year? Yes. Because I'm actually i I posed this question, but if it is Canada Finland in the final, I can see
0: Finland beating Canada. you know what I agree because because of that grit and determination that they faced in the gold medal and brought it back and were within centimeters of winning uh, I yeah I if it's Canada Finland, I think it goes to Finland this year, yeah. I mean, right now, pre tournament game, third period
2: just started. Canada's winning 3 2. Gold medal game isn't for another like 12 days. Anything could happen. Um, but like, I wouldn't be shocked. But I just have a, I have a soft spot for my Like, um, their co- entire country population is the size of Toronto. And they punch well above their weight. They're constantly producing talent. Like, I always had a soft spot for them. Um, so I hate when Canada plays Finland in a gold medal game because I want Canada, obviously, being Canadian. But the Finns, they they don't go away. They're, they will keep it close to the end. And You know, gold medal game, I wouldn't, like, I, I'm saying Canada's going to win, but I won't be shocked if Finland does beat Canada in the gold
1: medal game. I wouldn't either. I said, yes, I kind of had a questioning inflection when <laughs> you said it, and it's for yeah. that reason. I wouldn't be shocked if it happened. Could I see it happening? Absolutely. Could I see Canada winning? Absolutely.
0: So it's, it's that's yeah. the thing. It's Canada's got the firepower, <laughs> it's that last line of defense that y- you don't have a good game in the gold medal game. You know, Finland's no joke. They got a great lineup and that, you know, in that one game that all that matters, that's, that's when it could all fall apart, unfortunately. And that's kind of a a great segue into what we were talking about. Finland has made great strides in their national soccer team as well. They almost qualified for, uh, even the playoff round, uh, for those final Euro spots, and they're being touted as the next great uh, team to come out of Europe, or the push to be recognized as a team that could make strides. So, they could be in 2024 for the next Euros, they could be that year's version of Iceland. Uh, Iceland's kind of hung around, they've kind of lost a little bit, um, but they became the story that everyone loved. Finland, not a traditional soccer country. Uh, could become that next great story. Uh, and they're young, just like Canada. so they're calling them the kind of Europe's version of of Canada where they're coming out of nowhere. So like you said, they've punch well above their weights and uh, you know they're starting to make strides in non-traditional winter sports, just like kind of Canada is doing uh, or trying to do. Uh, so who knows we've had a good, uh you know 6 days off it is christmas time uh so hopefully santa is good to you and uh he finds you well uh you uh, don't get any cold in your stocking and uh as long as that happens the reward is a good tournament starting on boxing day for those of you not in north america that listen boxing day is a holiday here uh it was i guess kind of our version of black friday Uh, but we also now have black friday here but i've also heard americans talk about boxing day in america so we've kind of traded holidays uh to us it is a holiday it's a stat uh normally things are shut down or you go shopping uh but for us it's the time to sit down look at everything that santa brought us and watch hockey uh so that's going to do it for this episode of the Sports Night Podcast. Hopefully, you enjoy the tournament. We will be back actually next week. on uh, We are going to be doing something pretty unique. We're going to be doing a live taping on Thursday, December 29th. Uh, find our details on our social media channels Sports Night Podcast uh, on Facebook and Instagram to see the details when you can catch us live recording our end of year show we might have a few surprises maybe a giveaway so join us then uh enjoy the world juniors uh stay safe happy holidays and sport on